Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I haven't done that in a while. Welcome to episode 63 of the Genesis Gems podcast. I am Nick Stevens. With me this time is... Aaron, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> do I uh, sound a little different with the glasses on? You do. You sound smarter. Oh, sound, yeah. I don't know ask how that Aaron works. Ask Aaron, it's going to be ten times smarter. Yeah, it's going to be dignified. Like, ask Aaron. Yes. This time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's be like a, when a wrestler puts glasses on and look all smart. <laughs> or like a baseball or football player in the interviews. And, you know, those are my suits and glasses. are like, nah, nah. Don't buy it. No. <laughs> That's just like his superhero disguise. It's just uh, Clark Kent. Clark, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, it's when you have glasses on, it makes you look like a completely different person. Like Superman and Clark Kent. Because no one can tell the difference. No, they're <laughs> two completely different white dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Superman talk, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So how you been? Ah, uh, man. I've been pretty good. Finished up some music, which I'll talk about soon here. Yeah. Shoot, finished up two pieces of music. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> more in the pipeline. Had a good weekend with my kiddos. Um, got to teach my daughter some piano finally. Nice. Settled down and uh, got some beginner stuff out there for her. So that was fun. Uh, she seemed pretty know, interested in it. Yeah, she's very interested in it. And... Hey, maybe I can start teaching her some like video game jingles or something. <laughs> uh, right now, it's like yeah, you know, Farrah Jaka and uh, Ode to Joy and that sort of thing. But I'm thinking I could maybe incorporate some like Sonic the Hedgehog or yeah. <laughs> you know stuff that she's definitely grown up with because she's around me. But uh, you know, who knows? It'll be fun. It's funny that when people learn piano early on they learn all those nice songs and when I teach people guitar I'm like here's uh, the Batman theme song and here's Smoke on the Water <laughs> <laughs> play around with that yeah it's like here's here's uh, the, the Tetris theme <laughs> <laughs> something like that yeah it, you know it happens <laughs> and then uh, I always hear over in Japan that they incorporate stuff like the Dragon Quest series into their music vocabulary and oh, wow. you know when they teach music to kids because that game was just so popular over there that uh yeah the only thing i can really compare to that is that one time when i was in high school the librarian uh i guess the student treasurer or whatever uh he he printed out some final fantasy 7 sheet music and we played oh, it we awesome. sight read it <laughs> that is so cool that was really interesting. How have yeah, you been? Pretty good. You know, going back to the music thing, our uh, local high school band, uh, their whole theme this year is Star Wars. So they did a really cool Star Wars uh, kind of marching band thing where they mix a lot of the songs in and the flag, uh, the flag corps actually waving these flags that look like lightsabers. Pretty cool. That's awesome. Speaking of Star Wars, um, I actually went to Pinball's Arcade in Austin for my buddy's birthday. And they had the new Star Wars game from Stern Pinball. Oh, yeah? And it was pretty fun, except for the whole paying a dollar fifty to play it. <laughs> that's that's a ripoff. I'd, yeah. still, I'd still do it. <laughs> just a, I'd, yeah, just once. That's but cool. great place to go play tons of pinball. And, uh, you know, they had some old arcade machines. Got to play Battlezone and, and Tempest. And uh, they had some multicades. And just a bunch of classic pinball games. I, I, I sat there and watched my friend play. Uh, I guess I stood there, watched <laughs> him play the South Park pinball. 
for about 15 minutes. Uh, like, it's just a riot. Just a fun. If you're a fan of that show at all, it's a <laughs> fun game to watch someone play. 15 and minutes. Then, I don't uh, think I've ever lasted that long on a pinball machine. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, just just depends on the game. There's some pinball tables, um, and you know Sega used to put out pinball tables oh, yeah. also. But there are just some pinball games where they're just quarter suckers, and you're done within about two minutes. <laughs> That's awesome. The, the only one I have around here, our Walmart has like a little, it was like a little hole in the wall arcade where they got some like crane games, and there's a Batman game. There's also a Batman pinball table. It's uh oh, it's based on the movie with Heath Ledger, so it's pretty good. Not a bad. Oh, table. Are, are we talking about uh, Dark Knight? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so it's got the Heath or Ledger. Knight's Tale. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> the, the second <laughs> yes, one of the. It's called Batman: A Knight's Tale. Yeah, the second movie in Christopher Nolan's. It's trilogy. called Batman: Ten Things I Hate About You, Brokeback <laughs> Mountain Edition. Man, you've got Heath Ledger's <laughs> IMDb down, or DB <laughs> data. I, I never can't say I am. I always have to think. IMDb Internet, Internet Movie Database. I am DB. <laughs> I am him. That's what I feel like. <laughs> oh, so uh, the other thing was, you know, this show that I used to do called Retro Obscura. Well, oh, there's another episode. Again, it's kind of becoming a, a biannual podcast. It's a obscure podcast. Two episodes out in this year. Uh, I love no, the, I love the title, by the way. I, uh, What's that? I love the title, by the way. I was up. I was updating my uh, podcast app the other day, and the title comes through as "Stop Talking." Yes, yes. I named that as an ode to. Uh, <laughs> My faux pas on Genesis Gems. <laughs> yes, it was called Stop Talking because I think we even talked about it a little bit on the show. I haven't made it through. I've listened to about the first 30 minutes. So I haven't quite got there yet. No, you know what? Come to think of it, we talked about it after I was editing the show. And I was just like, you know what? That would be great. It's kind of a meta commentary. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, if you guys don't know, listen back to a few episodes ago. We, we mentioned the whole stop talking thing, uh, which was my kids weren't going to bed. And uh, the the way it it kind of lined up, it sounded like I was telling uh, Nick to stop talking, <laughs> which, you know, has been a secret dream of mine. He's in the middle of a great point. And I just want to stop right there. Stop talking. Stop talking. They asked me, yeah. not you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> but of course... Nick was actually, I, I had him on, um, I had myself on mute on Skype, but not on the recorder. So that's how that Yeah, happened. and we've had a little issue with our Skype recorder that we use. So we've been recording dual tracks on Audacity. So I didn't hear it, of course, and I wouldn't have picked that up if I was able to use my Skype recorder file, but it didn't happen. So all the stars aligned in the wrong way for us to release that. Yes, amazingly. <laughs> The, I think someone said, now this is a collector's edition. Yeah, and, and I'm sure some of you guys out there who podcast, probably with me, you, when you first start podcasting, you listen to like every single second yeah. of your of your track. The more and more you go, you're like, nah, I'm just going to throw this in here, here. I think someone said something here, I'll edit it out. Nah, release it. That's kind of my, <laughs> my uh, way it's of... It's just, after a while, it's just uh, pre-chewed food. You just get tired of oh, it. Oh, yeah. I used to... I used and to you just want to get it done and out and... Sometimes you just never want to hear it again because you spent so much time getting it just perfect. Yeah, and I I, I spent days editing up the first few podcasts I did, and as time and went every on, every um and like yeah. and any pause, like pause. awkward pause, I, I do go through now and see if there's any long blank spaces, and I'll delete those out. But 
I don't I don't get that. I kind of like that. Just me passing out. Yeah, 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 or just falling asleep from me talking. But um, <laughs> I I tend to like the natural flow of it because I used to be real paranoid about my voice, and I'm like, ah, oh, that sounds bad. I need to cut that out. So yeah, yeah. As far as my my world is going, uh, <laughs> been real busy lately. Kids, uh, my oldest kid's playing uh, flag football right now. Real into it. He's a quarterback and doing their little teams undefeated. So we're having a good time with that. Um, and my niece has been playing volleyball, so we've been going to those games about every other night. So, you know, it should be flag volleyball. Flag volleyball. That would be great. Well, they did, they haven't had volleyball in our area. Contact volleyball. Jeez. Volleyball. Full contact. No volleyball. helmets. Volleyball is actually kind of I kind of enjoying it. They didn't have. Oh that. yeah, I loved. They didn't. Shoot, have, I loved volleyball. I liked it in gym uh, class, but they didn't have organized volleyball school. in our area uh, for a long time. I used so. to do that with church. They'd church have like every Monday night. They'd have volleyball, and it was. It was a nice way to meet other people. Yeah. I always like playing, yeah. but yeah, it's kind of neat. She's, my niece is in eighth grade, so getting pretty competitive. And of course, I get all excited. <laughs> I like watch sports. But yeah, that's been pretty much my life, work and kids and some gaming here and there. I've been playing a lot of uh, Golf Story on the Switch, which has been oh, eating up my yes. time. I've heard that's a really oh, so fun cool. game. Even if you're not into sports, it's... Yeah, it's, it's it's got a fun story to it, and it's a full on. It kind of reminds me of those games that came out on the TurboGrafx-16. There was like a a car RPG, <laughs> and there was like an F you know F1 with random battles where the random battles were like races. Yeah, and, and uh, then an overall. I think there was one for tennis also, where it was the same thing. Where it was like instead of fighting your enemies on the overworld, you'd get into a tennis match. And that's pretty much like this. They they kind of. Um, compared it to Mario Golf on like Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance, it's much more in depth than those games. But I would kind of, kind of see it as you do these little mini games at each course. Like you, you run into this character and it's like, hey, I bet you can't chip this in five times in a row. And I then, bet and then, I can. Yeah, exactly. It does things okay. like that. And then at the end of the level, I guess you call it, you actually play like the the main guy of the course in a in a match play or something. And that's to me, that's kind of like your boss fight. But I think. Uh, I may be on an episode of Two Dudes in the Future talking about this. If not, I just I just weaseled myself into it. <laughs> I think we're. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I've already put 15 hours into this game. <laughs> it's nuts. <laughs> so. I yeah, I definitely want to get a Switch to to play that. It would nice to nice way you know because Sonic Mania isn't coming to the Sega Nomad anytime soon. Yeah. It'd be a nice way to play Sonic Mania on a portable device too. And there's some more Sega stuff coming out, and honestly, since I've got the Switch. I don't really play any other modern systems. Like I bought Mass Effect. I was talking about a few episodes ago. I haven't. I oh, just, Andromeda. I you were kinda, playing it. I just kind of stopped. Yeah, and I've, I literally only pick up my Switch. It's just easy with the kids around, and I can pick it up, and it's on sleep mode most of the time. Continue where I left and it's off. so it's so bad because Switch is also another term for uh, a stick you would pull off a tree. <laughs> Yeah, when I was... So that's what I kind of picture in my head sometimes, <laughs> and then I'm just like, stop talking! Not not, <laughs> not, not sure in your area of, of the world, but my parents used to make me go pick my own switch. And, oh, I, and, if, and if I pick, no, if I was, pick the small one... the belt. Yeah, the belt. If I pick the small the one... The belt I, on the shelf. <laughs> the best part is if You've I... You've heard of Elf on the shelf. And belt on the shelf. Here's belt on the shelf. The best part about the switch was if I picked a small one, I'd get whipped with that, and then I'd have to go pick a bigger one and get whipped with that. <laughs> Oh. These were not fun times. People. We're abuse. not. We're just, not encouraging this behavior. Not at all. It's just funny. <laughs> now, if I if I look at my kid the wrong way, my mom and dad are like, "You're being too mean to him." <laughs> right. It's great. Oh, small talk. Indeed, this is <laughs> this is how our show goes, friends. 
we have lots of small talk and banter. It's fun. It's fun breaking yeah. the fourth wall. I like it. <laughs> what did I say that one day? The fifth wall? The fourth wall? <laughs> the fifth wall. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, which wall am I breaking? I, I don't know. Which wind are you breaking? <laughs> I always break in some wind. But anyways, guys, if you'd like to catch up with us, you can find us on the web at genesisgemspodcast.com. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash genesisgemspodcast. Join our Facebook group where all the interactions happening. You can go in there and help us rate the game a gem, if it's good, if it's garbage, at facebook.com slash group slash genesisgems. Send us an email at genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at gengems. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. And we are part of the Retro Junkies Network at theretrojunkies.com. And uh, cool news from Patreon. Uh, we were on Patreon as well, patreon.com slash genesisgems, where you can get exclusive episodes that we've recorded, uh, systems covering the Game Gear and the Saturn and Dreamcast and other things we're doing. But we did get a new patron. Um, let's make sure I say the name right. I believe this is Ian McGarry. Is that how you say his yes. name? Yes. Yes. So I'll let you mispronounce it. <laughs> big, big thanks. So... We got that. We had a few people kind of change their pledges, which is really cool. We had a couple people change from $1 to $3 to get that big Hawkster message. So I know uh, you listeners out there who haven't got that yet, we are working on that. And we appreciate it. I think patience. you were right. I think it is Ian. I think so. Cause I, think, I, think, <laughs> I was just picking on you. I think Ian actually corrected us an email or a message or something. Yes. I think I said Ian or Yane. Yane. I don't know. It's probably some like, real proper pronunciation. That's right. <laughs> Sir... Iron. Sir Iron. Uh, we did get a new iTunes review. That uh, make, makes uh, 56 for us. Thank you. This is from Enrique, Enrique JT, uh, titled Sega Rules. And the content says, Genesis Gems Podcast does what other podcasts don't. So I agree with that. Thank you for that. I don't know what we do, but thank you. <laughs> and I didn't check the email. Let's pull up the email real quick because I know we had some email and I wanted to read. Let's yeah. see what we got here. Yes, I uh, got a real cool email from Jim Jones. Did I read? Did it come over X-Band? X-Band? <laughs> <laughs> the X-Band modem? I don't know. <laughs> that would be great if we got an email via X-Band. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I can't remember if I read this on the last episode or not because I had moved it over to the archive, but I'm going to read it again anyway. So, Jim, sure. thanks. Jim Jones says, hey, guys, so I'm coming up on two years listening, and I always wait anxiously for the next episode. The podcast is getting stronger and stronger. Still loving it to bits. Thanks for Landon's Hawkster message as I finally got around to listening to Sports Talk Baseball. A very pleasant surprise. Keep it up, guys. You have a great thing going and building a fantastic community. All the best, Jim. So, Jim, thanks for that email. Really appreciate that. Yeah, man. We really appreciate your support, and we're so glad to have you listening. Gosh, two years. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I've listened to anything for two years. <laughs> I know. It's hard to stick with anything for two years. I can hardly stick no, with a job like, for two uh, years. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Seriously, I, I don't think I'm This American Life, maybe? That's the longest running <laughs> show I've ever listened to. But uh, seriously, we appreciate your support. Uh, and we're going to keep on trying to get good content out for you yeah. guys. And do have one more email. This is a really cool one, too. This comes from uh, Tim McGowan. Uh, says, hey guys, this message is a big thank you to all all of you and the awesomeness of this podcast and Retro Junkies community. I'm still on the newer side of listeners, but I'm in the group and try to be active, and this is my third email to the show. I could gush over amazing games you covered that are very special to me, like NBA Live 95, Ghostbusters, and others. This message is on more of a personal thank you to, to all of you. I listened to your Christmas 2015 episode yesterday at just the right time. We lost our kitty of 14 years this past Tuesday very sudden. 
and it's been really hard on my wife and I. So yesterday, Nick, Aaron, and Rob on that episode told how Sega or video games helped you th- helped you in the past. Games have always been special to me, and it may sound sappy, but that's something I needed to hear. Very happy to have found the show in the network. It feels like I'm helping. Uh, feels like I'm hanging out talking games with my friends. See you guys in the group page. Take care, Tim McGowan. So Tim, awesome email. I I, I love that. Just us hanging out and talking can actually help somebody. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't feel that way until you get an email like that. You're like, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Tim, big thank you. Uh, we really appreciate all the support Tim's been giving us, and um, being new or not on the show gives him a chance to listen to all kinds of old episodes. <laughs> yes. So playing that and catch up. How awkward we sounded sometimes. No, <laughs> I don't think it was. By the time I joined, it was. Pretty well down, I thought. Yeah, it kind of had a shaky start there in the beginning, but uh, it was still fun. We had a lot of rotating co-hosts there in the beginning. Yes, uh, rotating yeah. chairs. Once uh, I think Rob had to to leave for a bit. And I kind of did a rotating chair, and I had Aaron on. I was like, I think Aaron should just stay. You know, what? I think the buck stops here. <laughs> yeah, this guy's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. All right. Well, I guess we can go right into the next segment of the show, and that is called Sega Snippets. Now it's time for Sega Snippets. And uh, I don't have a lot, so I'll go first. I know, Aaron, you got something cool cool for us. Um, So preparing for, we haven't even announced what the game we're playing. This is uh, Buster Douglas's uh, Knockout Boxing, I believe it's called, something like that. And (laughs) Buster Douglas, (laughs) I always just called it Buster Douglas when I was growing up. But anyways, it brought back a real cool memory I had the very first time I actually played Sega Genesis. Uh, We rented the Sega Genesis from a local rental store. Came in one of those real nice hard shell cases with the foam inserts and everything. And uh, we rented this game along with Sonic and the uh, Spider-Man game. So because I actually thought of that memory i went ahead and got my sonic game and uh the spider-man game out along with the uh, buster douglas I took a little picture put it on the facebook page but also started playing spider-man again because i just thought man that's cool so uh popped that in for a little bit played it you know fired up sonic a little bit and then played buster douglas of course for the show so real cool memories i had of that um really enjoyed that memory because i was one of those guys yeah i had a super nintendo but I wasn't really a fanboy of anything. I just wanted it all. Yeah. I wanted the Super Nintendo. I wanted Sega. I wanted the Turbo Graphic 16. I wanted it all. Oh, yeah. I mean, as much as uh, we're a Genesis podcast, we're not going to hate on other systems, except for two dudes in the nest because they're posters. <laughs> yeah. You know, but... I even had the Game.com, and I had some enjoyment with that system. <laughs> Lights Out was a pretty cool game with that system. I yeah, Lights Out was about the best game <laughs> frame rate-wise because everything else ran yeah, terribly. I, I had Mortal Kombat. Try playing Sonic Jam on that, oh, which was more like Sonic uh, <laughs> Disaster. I don't yeah. know. Just not a good Sonic game. Not fun at all, but yeah. And then the other Sega thing I've been doing, um, I've been going back through Sonic Mania and playing with Knuckles. I hadn't uh, finished the game with Knuckles yet, so stages are a little different. Uh, of course, Knuckles can climb and do some other things as well, kind of float. Um, so the, some of the stages are just laid out differently for him, so kind of a different experience, so that's been fun. But yeah, that's really my Sega snippets for this show. Floating with style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So my Sega snippets, uh, where do I begin? Uh, so two different things happen, Sega music related. Uh, the first is, speaking of Sonic Mania, I got to collaborate with T. Lopes. That's so cool. The composer of Sonic Mania on a really cool uh, track. Did we play that last episode? I can't remember. We played, oh, we played the uh, flashback, uh, the 
the flashback oh, yeah, cover. We, yeah. Okay, so yeah, c- cut out my brain part there. <laughs> no, we didn't play this, but there is a Sonic remix I was on for Studiopolis Zone 2 where myself and a bunch of other talented remixers got together with T-Lopes and remixed that song with him, uh, which you can find on SoundCloud, and I'm sure Nick will be able to put a link to that. Yes, sir. The other thing is I was just taking part the last two months, kind of in secret, I've been taking part in a uh, collaboration with uh, some of my FM brethren. (laughs) (laughs) We dubbed ourselves the FM Rangers, and this includes guys like uh, we've mentioned on the show before, Game Genie, Sokolov, who played some of his music, Dread, who if you're a fan of the show, you should go look out for his music. That's A-R-E-D-D. Also my pal, The Dead, or Jesse Jensen, who's also in, in the group. And then my buddy, Cosmo BG. So we got together, and uh, Game Genie Sokolov kind of organized it. And what we ended up with was a 7-minute and 33-second song, song, epic length, but it's such a great tune that I wanted to share it with you guys on the show. And basically what it entails is we each follow the same tempo. We do 45 seconds of original music, and then we pass it off to the next person to do another 45 seconds of original music. And what does this have to do with Sega? Well, it's all done with the Sega Genesis in mind. And so we follow the specifications of the Sega Genesis uh, the FM sound chip, and also the Sega Master System sound chip, which is built in as well. That's so cool. Yeah, and so what you will get to hear is stuff you might not have thought the Sega Genesis was possible. So, um, possible to make. So, without further ado, we'll go ahead and let you hear that. Thank you. 
Fusion Force X. Man, I almost wanted to play the Sonic Mania track too, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. I, I uh, that was an epically long seven minutes and thirty three seconds. <laughs> if you keep so, this, if you keep all this awesome collaboration up, we're gonna have to make a new segment. It's like <laughs> the Genesis Gym track of the day or something. Dude, I'll, I'll never finish the album I'm actually working on, which isn't even Sega music. I was trying to do a TurboGrafx sixteen album, which will eventually come out. That's cool. I stopped doing all these cool collaborations. After our... uh, yeah, I hope you guys like that. And I think I still owe some of our Patreon listeners some music. You so. do. You do. More to come there. Yeah. It's funny because after the last episode, I'm like, if we uh, if we keep uh, putting out awesome content like that with uh, with all that time, we'll have to do like part one and part two of the shows. <laughs> so oh, I know. Like a two hour long episode is sweet. But thankfully, this is not going to be a super long episode no. because we're talking about an arcade boxing game. Yeah. Yep. Lots of memories, but uh, probably more content around my memories than around the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, I'll tell you what. Sounds like a good time for any for the next segment, which is... I love my, my segues here. They're great. <laughs> which is uh, Ask Aaron. Aaron Hickman is a dude who knows a lot about Sega games. Ask him questions. It's okay. He will answer them if he wants to. All right, ask Aaron. Bring it. Bring it. Okay, let's see here. All right, so I've got it pulled up, and we've got a picture of my face. <laughs> and so if you ever want to participate in Ask Aaron, all you have to do is go over to our group page, Genesis Gems, and uh, it's on Facebook. And then Nick usually posts sometime before the episode an Ask Aaron question. What do you want to ask Aaron today? And on this segment... Let's see, what do we got? So Andrew Cohen asks, what two Sega franchises would you like to see merged into the ultimate crossover game? Whew. You know, I always wanted Toe Jam and Earl to team up with Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. I thought that would be cool. Or, um, let's see, Alex Kidd and anybody, because we haven't seen that guy in any game besides Sonic uh, All-Star Racing Transformed, I guess. That, I think you're right. I think that's the last one. He really hasn't had his own game, so that would be a cool crossover. Wrist, I'm just thinking about franchises that need to come back. Wrist Star and Comic Zone, that would be a great weird combination. Hmm. He's, you're like, what? No. That yeah, that would... <laughs> I'm just trying to think of how that would work. No, I'm just trying to think of bizarre <laughs> combinations. Shinobi and... <laughs> <laughs> Vector Man and <laughs> Vector Man and Shinobi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just throw ninja stars at all the robots. Yeah. Gunstar Vector Man. Hey. I'm all for that. The ultimate shoot 'em up. <laughs> yes, and um, I'm thinking Altered Beast and Afterburner. <laughs> <laughs> just had the dragon flying up in here. <laughs> Welcome to your doom. <laughs> and it's like you're just flying an F-15 into... <laughs> yeah, only if you get to be in the, uh, you know, the uh, old arcade cabinet that's, like, beating the crap out of you. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. I always felt like I was getting, like, spanked when I was that thing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, stop. Oh, man. <laughs> so Henry Volk asks, Could you please explain the difference between the Manifold Street Fighter 2 editions on Genesis? Uh, you know, I'm trying to think about this. 
this is I remember reading this question and I'm trying to think about it. Is he stumped, ladies there, and gentlemen? I don't is remember there being a different cover unless it was like an aftermarket cover that someone just created later on. All I remember is the one cover. Now, I, I knew Street Fighter 2, uh, there was a beta version of the game floating around that there's kind of an interesting history behind that. But I did not know about the multiple covers. I do know there was apparently a version of the game that came with the special Capcom controller. So that's all I can really surmise there. Because I'm looking at the different covers here on Google Images and just trying to see if anything's jogging a memory. Because I, I had the game. Um, I So here's what I know also. Um, Street Fighter 2... The cover looked different in Europe, um, so that was often the case. So the, the covers between the countries, I'm not sure if that's what you meant. If you want to follow up on that with me, um, I, maybe I'm just a little lost there. Oh, and Andrew Cohen, I forgot. He said that the two games he wanted to combine were Zombies Ate My Neighbors and Toe Jam and Earl, and I think that would totally Sweet. fit. That would be great. So my buddy Jesse, who... We went to Austin to celebrate his birthday. He's like, did you really think you'd get away with stealing my pinballs card? <laughs> and my response to Jesse was, I swear I did not do that on purpose. Because <laughs> I didn't. Here's the thing. He had me fill up both of the cards. And I didn't think about it. One of them happened to look a little different. And that's all there was to it. Jesse, I would never, never do that on purpose. And you know that. <laughs> Okay, so Timmy Mack said, what's your favorite Ghostbusters-based game on any system? I know some haven't been great, but there are a few gems. Happy Halloween, guys. I think the Sega Genesis game is probably the most solid so one I've played yeah. so far. I've not played the Ghostbusters game that was kind of billed as Ghostbusters 3 because they had the original cast involved. And I've heard that the last Ghostbusters game based on the most recent female Ghostbuster movie was terrible. Yeah, same. I heard the same thing. And the one before uh, that made by Atari, was that the one you were just talking about that everyone yeah, loved? Yeah, yeah the yeah. one with the original voice cast. Yep. Uh, there's different versions of that. I've heard that the PS2 Wii versions are different from the PS3, yeah. Xbox 360 versions For a little sure. bit. I think Rob Luther actually played those, and he actually really liked them. I haven't tried them out yet either. Yeah, I've heard they're pretty decent. Uh, of course... The NES Ghostbusters games were pretty terrible. Boo. The first one was a port of the Atari 2600, an 8-bit Atari game, which was better on those systems, yeah. funny enough. Um, and, yeah, there was new Ghostbusters uh, on the, I think, in Europe and in Japan. And that game, <clears throat> excuse me, is not that bad. It's... I don't think it plays quite as well as the Genesis game, but it's pretty decent, and it was based off the cartoon, I believe. That was New Gus. I think it was called New Ghostbusters Two. That's what it was called. Hmm. Okay, so moving on here, Dan Tolan, my buddy Dan, can you recite the song that goes to the Urkel dance? <laughs> Good luck. Now, if you want to do the Steve Urkel dance, all you have to do is hitch up your pants. 
<laughs> Bend your knees and stick up your pelvis. I'm telling you, baby, it's better than Elvis. <laughs> that's all I can remember. Yeah, actually. But I tried. I really did try. Oh, that's awesome. It reminds me of the, uh, uh, remember, uh, Threat Level Midnight on The Office, do the, do the Michael Scarn. <laughs> I swear to you, there's going to be at least one Office joke getting thrown in here besides that one. Always. And uh, Dwigget, right? Dwigget. Dwigget. <laughs> meant to you know, replace all. Like the total dunce of that story. I just watched that episode the other day where they were reading the screenplay. <laughs> That's one of my favorite episodes. Oh, I love it. And I loved how they came back to that and actually shared the movie. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, that was awesome. I thought that was so great. Uh, so Christopher Kellogg asks, why does the Sega Saturn have the nicest looking controllers of any console? That is a great question. I think it's that sheen. I don't know. They're kind of shiny. Whatever the material is they use is just great. And I'm kind of a big fan of the Model 2 Sega Saturn controllers. I think those are the the best. The first model controllers, I was not a huge fan of that D-pad. They kind of sunk in a bit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and I I just love the look of the, the 3D controller. Um, I admit that it, it maybe wasn't the most ergonomic, but I still really like the controller. <laughs> six, I love any controller with six buttons on the face, especially for fighting games. Yeah. And as you find out, especially when you're playing Buster Douglas Boxing, uh, yeah, this game could have used an extra button or two. <laughs> <laughs> It was kind of la- lacking in buttons. Just to let you guys know. How many okay. uh, buttons did the arcade version have? Did it? You know, I played Final Final Blow, yes. as the name of the game is called. Um, I'm trying to recall what the game actually played like. Yeah, I watched, and, I watched gameplay footage, but I didn't actually play it. Yeah, I played it in the arcade once. I want to say it had four buttons, but maybe I'm wrong. Let me see here. Yeah, it looks like it has four buttons. It was a, or at least no, you know what? Not four buttons, three buttons, which it makes sense. It's got three buttons, which you know, I guess that's how it was in the arcade too. Yeah, it was uh, three buttons. So just like the Sega Genesis version, I stand corrected. But they still could have <laughs> done, if it was uh, like an SNK machine or something, they could have done four buttons. But I'll, I'll cut Tato some slack since it was a 1988 game. Okay, but before we jump into the game more, <laughs> uh, Daniel Walker asks, I want to know, I want to know, have you ever seen the rain? That was his question. <laughs> I like it. Um, you know, to answer your question. I have. <laughs> I, I know, I have. I love these questions, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I love that there's like a there's like an MSN inside joke now. <laughs> I'm trying to best phrase my response to this other than to sing the lyrics back because I love this song. It's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> so, I want to know, have you ever seen the rain? I want to know, have you ever seen the rain coming down? On a sunny day. There you go. Down out. Now, um, now, now, now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right.
right, so moving on here. I didn't really answer your question. I apologize. Just wanted to sing a song. It's all good. Is there a difference on Sega CD and Lunar on PlayStation? For some reason, I remember the Sega CD version being different. Yes, it is. And I grew up with the Sega CD version, and I still really haven't dug into the PlayStation version. Part of it is they changed uh, a lot of the voice acting, the songs are different, and the gameplay is a little different because you no longer get into random battles on the overworld. So there are major differences there, and they've also retranslated bits of it. But it's up to you what you think is the better of the two versions. So, Ian McGarry asks, what is your best and worst game endings on the Sega Genesis? And, oh, what is love? (laughs) So, worst Sega Genesis ending? I would say the ending to Buster Douglas Boxing (laughs) has a pretty lousy ending. There's not even end credits to that game. Uh, and, and that's just going off my memory. <laughs> there are some other games with pretty terrible endings on the Sega Genesis where they were arcade games and just didn't put much thought into it. Um, the best ending? I really liked the, the ending to Starflight. I thought it had a really nice twist at the end. I think Sonic the Hedgehog 2 had some of the best endgame music. And... Uh, and Fancy Star 4, for sure, uh, one of the best endings to any RPG, period. I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but just great, 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 great game. And what is love? You know what? Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> is, Hadaway, so Trevor, you, is, is Hadaway still alive? We need to get him on the show. Yeah, Hadaway is, is definitely alive. We have to get him to do a bumper for us, at least. <laughs> oh, that would be great. <laughs> so Trevin Hughes asks, my buddy Trevin, a.k.a. Dread, what Sega Genesis game would you like to see ported to a different console just to see how it would run and why? Um, Sonic the Hedgehog or the Super Nintendo, just because I want to see how terrible <laughs> of a port it would be. And just to show that you need blast processing yes, sir, for that game to work. <laughs> now, uh, I'm trying to think of a serious answer for this. It would be, there are definitely games that I wanted to see ported to, like, the Master System. Just because I always thought it was fascinating to see, like, a port of uh, uh, Gunstar Heroes. Which I thought was a pretty cool game to see. Uh, well, I think on the Game Gear, and I think in Brazil, uh, I think it made it to the Master System. But I know uh, Gunstar Heroes would be cool um, if it was um, Dynamite Heady, I think, made it, at least on the Game Gear. On the Master System, though... I think my number one would be a Shining Force game because I think it was sorely... They were missing out. Uh, (laughs) Master System was still kind of around at that point. I think when the first game came out, which was 92 in Japan, and I've been playing a heck of a lot of Shining Force lately. I'm loving that game. Again, I'm kind of rediscovering it because I played the second one as a kid, but not the first one so much. So yeah, Shining Force... Would have been amazing on the Master System. Uh, otherwise, there was uh, Crystal Warriors, but that only came out in Japan on the Master System. I think, and I think I there's think, a port of that on the... Yeah, uh, there's a port of it on the Game Gear, which I yeah, remember yeah. beating uh, 
Yeah, definitely had that one. So Jonathan Grayson asks, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? <laughs> well, you know, I think she's in jail. Probably. But now, by now, yeah, tax evasion and fraud and corporate espionage. Yeah. Espionage, I think it caught up with her. Did you ever play Carmen Sandiego as a kid? Did they make you play it at school? Yeah, that in Oregon Trail. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the old Apple, uh, Apple We juice. played a lot of that in school, I remember. The real floppy disk? Yeah, I had it on I had it on two systems. I had Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego. I think we had it on my Apple II, and then I later had the port on NES. Cool. Yeah, I never played the NES port. We just played so much of it at school. Kind of got sick of it. Yeah. Though it was arcadey and fun enough, it was edutainment, but it was it was fun too. It was kind of your exposure to different countries that you might not have known about. <laughs> <laughs> you just get these little tidbits and these little facts that you would kind of have to hunt through to find. It's like, oh crap, I should have paid attention in history class. <laughs> well, that and the the Carmen San Diego show on on PBS that we had was just amazing. Oh, and the acapella group Where sang the song. In time is Carmen San Diego. Yep, I love that acapella yeah. group. <laughs> Rockapella. Rockapella. That's that's right. They were called Rockapella. There you go. Yeah. And Jim Jones asked because I'm wearing glasses. <laughs> Are you a wizard, Harry? And to answer that question. <laughs> Yes. Okay, next question. So Nick DeMarco, our buddy Nick down in the Genesis Gems Dungeon, asks, Aaron, are these what you wear with your SNL church lady Halloween costume? Uh, only when I'm chopping broccoli. <laughs> he said, also, what Sega villain was just terribly misunderstood? Uh, you know... I think Ro- Robotnik's intentions are pretty well understood. He kind of wants to dominate the planet. Um, I would say maybe the humans in... Uh, they weren't the final boss, though. I was thinking about the humans in Toe and Earl, but maybe M. Bison in Street Fighter 2, you know? <laughs> he just he just wanted to be loved. Maybe he needed a, a, a good cuddle. That's all he needed. <laughs> we're we talking M. Bison in the arcade or the original version who was actually Paul, no we're Paul not Rog. talking about Mike Bison <laughs> we're talking about M. Bison there's a difference so we're not funny. talking about the guy who ended up becoming Balrog that's all confusing it is man because I think Vega was originally Balrog right uh, I don't know I can't remember now I, yeah. I know, I played a version. No, 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 I'm trying to think about it here. Oh, it's so confusing to me right now. I played a so, version where they all M. have those Bison, names. Mike Bison was the Mike Tyson stand-in. Yeah. And I want to say Balrog was the final boss, and then Vega was Vega? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that sounds right. I could be wrong. That, that sounds like it makes sense. That'll be a good question for when we cover yeah. Street Fighter. <laughs> Okay, so Tyler Jones asks, what is your favorite movie and why is it The Matrix? <laughs> Great. I love these types of questions where the answer is in the question. You know, I actually really enjoyed, I think the first Matrix movie holds up more than the other two for they, sure. They should have stopped right there, though. They just stop it right there. Um, yeah, Matrix is not my all-time favorite. My all-time favorite movie might be Shawshank Redemption. But uh, it's hard to really, you know, Moonwalker. <laughs> Moonwalker. 
Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, maybe that's the one. No, I don't know. So, Josh Witt asks, how old is Echo the Dolphin? Is it male or female? Does it know Flipper? I actually wondered this as a kid because I watched the show Flipper. I used to go, I'd get babysat at someone's house and they would watch Flipper. And I thought, I wonder if he's related to Echo the Dolphin. (laughs) I think Echo is a male dolphin. I think that was always understood. It's a male dolphin. How old is Echo the Dolphin? You know, ancient. Let's just say really old. Especially when you think of the time travel bits in Echo the Tides of Time. Yeah. Now, Echo Jr., I think Echo Jr. is only about 100 years old. That's a young kid. (laughs) So Dan Kelly asks, what would you do if a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in your neighborhood? Got in one little fight. My mom got scared. She said, you move with your auntie and uncle to Bel Air. Jeez, you guys are just on fire tonight yeah. but yeah so chris vanderoff said move to bel air that's obvious and uh jim jones said i'd whistle for a cab <laughs> with dice on the mirror ah oh, but cabs are rare and then chris said home we smell you later <laughs> nice job i've actually performed that song karaoke so you guys are reading oh, my mind <laughs> so sean robinson asks i think this is a two-parter Knowing Sean, uh, <laughs> what is the newest 16-bit Sega cartridge you bought? The newest by chronological release date, not by when you bought it. Oh, oh wow, that's hard. That's deep, so deep. Well, you know, I've got this YM2017 cartridge, but I didn't actually buy it. It was given to me because I did music on it. But actual Sega Genesis game, um, I think Jungle Strike. Right now, because I've sold off most of my collection, I think Jungle Strike uh, is the newest Sega Genesis game I actually have in my collection right this minute. And I want to say that came out in 1992 or 93. Uh, Would you or your fellow musicians be interested in contributing at least one tune to my choose-your-own-adventure computer game called Sonic Doll Adventure? If you guys aren't familiar with Sonic Doll Adventure, uh, it's a twine game that Sean Robinson actually put together that you can check out. If you go on Genesis Gems on our group page, he's kind of put a link to it. So there was a, um, I think it was, I'm trying to remember what it was called. It'll come to me, but there was a kind of a get-together to release a bunch of Sonic fan games. It's an annual festival uh, called the Sonic Amateur Games Expo and showed off a bunch of cool Sonic games. And Sean Robinson actually put a game in there. It's a Twine game. Twine games are basically like choose-your-own-adventure games, uh, web-based. And then he's got uh, a bit of humor in there. You know, um, yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, I will definitely take that up for consideration. I don't know if I'll be able to get to it before I finish those songs. Is he one of our Patreon? I don't know that he's at that tier. We have oh, to check. Okay. But I will definitely definitely think about it, Sean. So Chris Vanderhoff asked, if the two dudes and a tangent had a respectful <laughs> podcast, would you consider going on it? You know I've actually been on it. So you got to dig deep. Guilty. I've been on that show 
twice, technically. Uh, hey, Justin. <laughs> see, I've been on that show. What's when up, I man? was impersonating. I was, I was Michael Kelso. Let's just see that. <laughs> and uh, no, there was a time I was on the Star Tropics episode. I think that was even before I was on Genesis Gem. So it was before we had our beef that we yeah. still have. We, we squashed that beef, but I think the beef came back. And yes. now it's mooing. It's starting to stink again. And it's really stinking. So Blake Worrell asks, why is Aaron spelled with two A's anyway? It's redundant and it's kind of dumb. You know what, Blake? <laughs> You're kind of dumb. No, I'm just kidding. I take that back. I like Jim Jones' answer, though. It said short for Ask Aaron. <laughs> My middle name's Aaron with two A's, so I got the same problem. Yeah, you know, I like uh, when people differentiate, differentiate my name with Aaron, like the female spelling, E-R-I-N, because they'll just say A-A-Ron, which I don't mind. I like that. You can call me A-A-Ron. So Chris Vanderhoof uh, asks one more question. Maybe this is two. If you could choose a Genesis game and any other game to be made in VR, what would you choose? Um... Doom? <laughs> Doom for the 32X, right? Mm, good question. Maybe Snatcher? But this is Sega CD. Sega Genesis. Oh, good question. VR. What would what game would actually lend itself well? Because Sega actually planned to do VR. <laughs> and they had a demo. They even had a demo game out there. Zero Tolerance. That'd be good. Yeah, Zero Tolerance would be decent. Um... Battle Frenzy. There just weren't too many 3D games that would take would really take advantage of the VR. Maybe Shining in the Darkness if they remade it. Yep. But yeah, so he was saying I would love the Zork games or any other text-based games. We'll never have them redone in VR with graphics. Uh, I think that would be great. Or something in the vein of Shadowgate Uninvited. Yeah, I would totally go for that. I love those games. As for Sega, I would choose Toe Jam and Earl Knights Streets of Rage. So he didn't limit it to the Sega Genesis. Uh, yeah, so Knights would be really cool, except for the fact that Knights kind of takes place on a 2D plane. It's a 3D game that's mostly 2D. And while it would be interesting to do it from the perspective of first person, I think you would just get motion sickness really quickly. Uh... And that's the same problem I would have with doing Sonic in VR is I just don't know how well it would work to do like the loop-de-loops. <laughs> but, hey, prove me wrong. I think hard driving did that, right? There you go. Hard driving VR oh, with gosh. a better frame rate. It would still be dull as a bag of bricks. <laughs> so Shaq Fu VR. So, so Chris is trying to skirt the Ask Aaron Two Questions rule by asking Nick a question. Oh, wow. Ooh, ask Nick the question. I want to know what he has to say about the VR question. Uh, Shaq Fu? I definitely, yeah? Definitely Shaq I Fu. said no. <laughs> you said no. <laughs> said no. No, that I, you're not going to let me answer the question? <laughs> no. No, go ahead and answer the question. <laughs> I can't say Shaq Fu, huh? No, that's kind of a callback to Retro Obscura. I think, uh, after, how about Afterburner 2? That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, that would be a solid pick. Or Galaxy Force 2. Ooh, how about, uh, yeah, um, oh, I just lost this. Why can't I think of the stinking name of the game? F-17. Space, Space I, Harrier. Space Harrier Yeah, would be Space awesome. Harrier. Space Harrier 2 is yeah, what it would be. Yeah, 2, yeah. Outrun. That would be fun. Yeah, those arcade games would be pretty amazing. You know, out, out running VR, you'd look over and the, the blonde-haired lady would be yelling at you the whole time. <laughs> yeah. 
I would love Paperboy VR. Paperboy, yes. And, and then you actually hold a real newspaper to control. <laughs> True story. I used to get the paper from our house and ride by on my bike and try to throw it at our door. <laughs> I was a kid. <laughs> Oh, the no, the ultimate hat trick or the ultimate uh, trick is is getting it inside a mailbox. I never, I wasn't that good. <laughs> no, I couldn't do that. <laughs> so that about wraps it up for Ask Aaron. Thank you guys so much for asking all of your questions, even the jokey ones. I appreciate it. And uh, you've definitely extended the length of this podcast because we're talking about a sporty, very sportsy game today. Uh, of the arcade variety. Sportsy. You're talking boxing, right? Yeah. You know, is it called boxing? I don't know. Hey, Fist what, cuffs? Something like that. Hey, yeah. do, you, do you know what a boxer's favorite part of a joke is? The the finish? I don't know. The punchline. Oh. <laughs> I walked into that one. Oh. Damn. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into this good old game. Let's uh, say, hey, game on, Aaron. Game on. Game on! Yeah, game on! Sega! Alright. Nicholas. Nicholas. Nicholas Aaron. <laughs> That's my full name. Nicholas man. Nickleby. <laughs> Alright, so James Buster Douglas Knockout Boxing. I think that's the full title. Yeah, the full title is James, which is my uh, father's name. Cool. Well, his middle name, yeah. So, yeah, this game, it was one of those games that was pretty close to the, to the Sega uh, launch lineup, not quite the launch lineup. Uh, to me, it was a smack in the face of Nintendo because, you know, Nintendo pulled the license from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out to just Punch-Out because of all the uh, Mike Tyson drama with the ladies and I think stuff. that was after this, though, wasn't it? It was, was after, it after this? this game came out. Well, it was, yeah, it was, it was definitely... the timeline. It was definitely when Buster Douglas knocked Mike Tyson out. So Yeah, but was, I think it was more of, like, the, uh, the sexual assault stuff. That yeah, was coming that's, to light. That's what I was thinking. I knew the it, alleged stuff. Yeah, definitely a smack in the face. You know, Sega was getting all these big mascots. Oh, not mascots, but sports figures like Joe but, Montana and David Robinson. They had Michael Jackson. I mean, so Buster Douglas. Well, why not? We should totally like throw in the commercial. <laughs> oh yeah. The uh, Genesis does. You can't do this on Nintendo. Yeah. yeah, like this. This game is featured in that commercial along with Joe Montana and a few other games. I love Joe, man. But yeah, so this this was just it was part of the Mikeson debacle and part of Sega just wanting to get all these mainstream guys on the system. So very kind of cool time for for the Genesis. Um, you know, we all know Genesis didn't really really take off till Sonic came along, but I think I think this was a good jump start having all these kind of folks on here and stuff. So Buster Douglas, you know, he was he was known for knocking Mike Tyson out, and I think that was about all he was known for. I can't remember who beat him next. Was it Evander Holyfield? I'm assuming that's who took it from him. Yeah, Evander Holyfield. So, uh, like a jump yeah, <laughs> he gained about 30 pounds yeah, in that fight. And if you watch the difference between him fighting Mike Tyson, which no one thought he was going to win against Mike Tyson. No, and and for him, I think he knocked out Mike Tyson in the 11th round. Uh, it was like the 9th or 11th round. It was a late round. They thought Mike Tyson was going to, because Mike Tyson was undefeated at that point. Yeah. And so Mike Tyson was just knocking guys out left and right. And so in Vegas, they, the odds were just totally stacked against Buster Douglas, uh, who was a pro boxer, but no one really thought that he could take out Mike. Now, uh, you know, Iron Mike Tyson. And uh, yeah, here he knocked him out. And those, uh, then suddenly everyone was like, OK, well, I guess it's kind of like when Ronda Rousey got knocked out. And they're like, oh, I guess <laughs> uh, Holly, what was it? I forgot her name. Holly Holm. Uh, 
Holly Holmes is the the new you know reigning king of whatever um, queen or whatever you want to say. And then her next match, she got toasted. So that was the same deal with uh, Buster Douglas when he came up with Evander Holyfield. You watch this match, Evander Holyfield is just that much more athletic. Yeah. Evander knocked and him out in, in a, shape. I think Evander knocked him out in the second or third round. So it was pretty quick. Yes, it was no contest. Yeah. So I'm looking at the timeline here. Uh, according to my sources, which solely consist of Wikipedia, <laughs> <laughs> so Punch Out, uh, Punch Out had like a whole bunch of different versions, but their version, it didn't say there was controversy so much that their uh, license to use Mike Tyson as a special Punch Out character expired. And uh, so they replaced Mike Tyson with Mr. Dream uh, in August of 1990, which I did have both copies there. And so it sources Nintendo Power. So, I mean, that's official Nintendo source. That's their official line. It could have been because of the controversy because that was August of 1990. And then uh, what? When did he knock out... um, Mike Tyson. 1990. It says here February 11th, 1990. Yeah. By August of 1990, you're like, we got to get a new version of this game on the shelf. And then in October of 1990 is when Evander beat him. Which is crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. This game, like, it's time window for... And it came out when? What? When did Buster Douglas come out, come out the, it the game? It came out in 1990. I don't have the date there, though. Oh, okay. So. Uh, I want to look that up just because I want to see there's this crazy chain of events because you know Sega's like we need a boxing game (laughs) or there's this final blow game we can convert from Tato which is exactly what they did I think Sega it's kind of Sega's habit to take games from other developers like Capcom and and Tato and just convert the game themselves for the system and so I think they were kind of rushing to get this game out for the American market because if you look in the Japanese market the game just came out as Final Blow. And instead of Buster Douglas, they had uh, a character from the original game, which was Detroit Kid, I think. Just like a, a African-American guy with a gray afro. Remember right. But, yeah, I wish I knew the exact release date of this game. Yeah, I'm just saying 1990. It says they released the Master Sister. I also see 1989? Which doesn't make sense. Now, I do know that Buster Douglas Boxing came out. Um, it says initial release date, 89. Ooh. See, I played it when we first got out of Sega Genesis. My, uh... Ooh, my family, we had rented some games for Sega Genesis. This was one of the first games. I just don't remember, though. It's so... Yeah. That timeline is so weird, though. But I know, I know it's Sega was just kind of like, you know what? There's this Mike Tyson punch-out game, <laughs> and it's sold hotcakes. We need something to to knock out Nintendo. I know Moby Games has it released in 1990. The arcade was in 88. Well, what's weird is the Sega Master System version, just named the same game, is actually just an updated version of Rocky. Yeah, that's funny. It was, yeah, it's so weird because just... if it was a 91, you know, Buster Douglas fought... October 1990, he lost to Vander Holyfield. He didn't fight again until 1996. The tail end of 89 or 90 because it would no, it would make more sense, make a lot more sense if the game came out in 1990 because no one really cared who Buster Douglas was. Sorry, Buster Douglas fans, 
No one really cared who Buster Douglas was until he knocked out Mike Tyson. Exactly. At least people outside of the boxing world. So, yeah, game, it, it had to have, you know Sega was planning to put out Final Blow for North America, regardless if they had the license or not. But it was just kind of a stroke of genius that they're like, yeah, you know what? We're going to get this boxer to sign a deal for this game. It's so crazy how much of a whirlwind there was around this time because Mike Tyson was originally supposed to be, a, I think, a guest referee uh, on, on WWF at the time. And, of course, since he lost, they had to scramble and, and get uh, Buster Douglas in there. <laughs> and so... They got Buster Douglas, they signed him up, and so you, you think, well, Sega's like, oh, oh we got to get this guy, got to get this guy. And I think it was just fortuitous. Now, I will outright say this at the beginning of the show, this game is no Mike Tyson punch-out. <laughs> Amen. Not no even close. way. Uh, but it's not the worst boxing game I've played either, yep, yep. And, by far. And it's funny, because I know when I was a kid, and my brother and I played this, I was... I was I literally was like, who's Buster Douglas? And the guy who knocked out Mike Tyson. And I'm thinking, well, oh, yeah, he might be the best boxer ever. <laughs> so, I knew him as the sold. guy who uh, rocketed up to like 400 pounds in the mid-90s and uh, got type 2 diabetes. <laughs> and then lost all the weight and made a comeback for a little while. Yeah. yeah, he won a pretty big streak from 96 to 99. He only lost one fight. So. And that was against himself. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> If he hears this show, he's going to knock me out. <laughs> Mama said knock you out. I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, remember I talked about my memories a little bit earlier in Sega Snippets, but I did, we did rent this. and you know, When I was a kid, it was enjoyable because I just button mash, button mash, button mash. Hey, I won. <laughs> That's kind of how that worked. But, yeah. but it definitely showed off. I mean, a lot of these systems launches like to give you a, a game that just, hey, that's pretty. And this game was pretty. These guys had big old huge muscles and they were gyrating well like especially when the match starts when the game is kind of scrolling down they're just like gyrating super fast and there's there's like a little shadow when things are moving on the muscles and things like that and yeah and you can tell that they're just like the arcade game they're built from different sprites you can tell it's not just one big sprite yeah yeah you know just the way things kind of move and and uh it's not the most fluid game, but for the time, it was very impressive. Yeah. It was kind of like China Warrior on the TurboGrafx-16, where it's like you couldn't believe how huge these characters were oh, on the I screen. Know. I know. You didn't see anything like that on the on the Nintendo. And uh, Oh, no. And it's funny, because like, when you do punch, the guys are like kind of... There's almost like every every pixel on the screen is shaking, and a guy punches, there's almost like a little jerk reaction. Yeah, it's, it's pretty visceral. Yeah. And I would say, more than anything, this game nails that feel now i don't think they nailed the sound of the punch quite as well as the arcade version no and maybe what you would hear in later boxing games on the genesis (laughs) it's pretty solid i actually wrote this note down uh for sound effects when when someone lands a punch uh, you ever made a coffee can uh, drum when you're a kid (laughs) that's what the that's what landing a punch sounds like (laughs) yeah like the Folgers coffee can with the rubber top on it and Boom. <laughs> yeah, it does not sound like a punch. It, there should be more air to that punch. Oh, like I know. a I know. <laughs> Oh, But as uh, far as the information goes for this game, we did talk about it. It was uh, published by Sega and developed by... Uh, I've heard people it call it... was developed by Sega. I think it was converted by Sega and released by Tato. 
Y- yeah, it, it, so I've heard it called... Ti- is my best guess, because I think all of the very early Sega games were like that. Yeah, Moby Games said published Sega, developed by Taito or Taito, whatever you want to call it. In 1990, again, I didn't have a uh, exact date. <laughs> Moby Games just had it slated for 19, 1990. You know, you might be right. I'm just trying to think... Um... I'm just going I by. Say, like, I know uh, Strider was converted by Sega, but you can't find anything. Sega was kind of weird in that regard uh, as to whether, you know, they'd have the developer on the box or anywhere. Because it's Tato's definitely not on <laughs> the front cover anywhere, even though they actually made the game. Um, here's the thing. You look at Final Blow... For the Mega Drive, and yeah, Tato's right there on the front cover. Hmm. So that's just weird to me. So now I'm I'm kind of wondering, especially since they don't give you end credits. Spoiler. <laughs> now, I don't know. I saw it on one of the startup screens. It's not I, when I get through the manual. I'm flipping through it now. I don't see it anywhere in the front. Now it does say Sega 1990 licensed by Tato Corporation. That's on the uh, front screen of the game. Uh, licensed by Tato. I yeah. bet you uh, that it was just Sega doing the port then. Yep. So there you go. And then uh, if you want to buy this game today, um, recording this on October 17, 2017, it's going loose for $3.87 and complete in box for 8 So it's definitely affordable. I think I got it in mid-range there not too long ago. So there you go. And story, I don't really know that there's a good story here. It's a very, <laughs> when you get into the game, it's very, very watered down. You don't really have any different modes other than, you know, championship mode, whatever you want to call it. It's really not a story of any sort. At least Mike Tyson, at least Punch-Out Punch out had the whole, story. like, montage sequence. The pink jumpsuit and the awesome music. Yes, that's and Carl Winslow following behind that's you. That's one of my favorite tunes on the Nintendo. On the bike. Yeah, very good tune. So yeah, this game was definitely just eye candy from from the get go, in my opinion. You had some very yeah. uh, <laughs> some of these uh, for the time, especially no other game on the Sega Genesis um, had sprites that large. Yeah, absolutely. I think Altered Beast came close, but it was definitely one of those let's show off what the 16-bit system can do type yeah. games. And uh, unlike Punch Out, you know, all your characters have the same motions, the same you know, there, there's no there's no really uniqueness to each character other than their, their no, looks. no, there's not. I, I would say it feels like a dice roll. Yeah, yeah. As to what kind of fighter you're gonna get I usually, <laughs> when you fight, I, I, except uh, there is kind of a progression, um, because it's kind of split up into seven, no, eight fights. I want to say nine fights. Nah, I can't remember. <laughs> I, know, I think I know it's I nine fights, but it's different from the, the arcade version. It's just fight after fight after fight, and in the Sega version. You have your four fights for a title to get your title, and then you I think it, it's right? you to defend it for five a fights. I want to say to defend your title, and the the final boss that you face off against <laughs> is Iron Head, who's just kind of like a boxer with a lucha libre helmet on. Exactly. Which I believe uh, the didn't Super Punch Out have a character similar to that. Yeah. To, yeah, masked muscle. Yeah, that's exactly right. Masked muscle. Mass muscle who would spit in your face. <laughs> yeah. always but a, always as like cool J. as the, the design is for this character, literally the only difference here is that your special punches don't do near as much damage on him, and he recovers more quickly. Yeah, 
that's that's about it. that. And his punches seem like they're superhuman fast. <laughs> the best button masher of all time. <laughs> that's right. I didn't, you know, talking about that. I, Monster mash. I, I, you know, we're kind of jumping everywhere here, which is kind of what this game's all about. But uh, I didn't really. Most boxing games, I got. I, we were kind of chatting before the episode past few days talking about like greatest heavyweight which is one of my favorite boxing games and there's a lot of strategy to that game a lot you know you can kind of jab up down do some cool combinations this game i don't know what worked I, i'd get someone in a corner and throw one punch and hit and i thought well i guess i'll just keep throwing that same punch and sometimes it works well, let's, yeah let, let's break down the different punches yeah. in the game right so the a button you can kind of punch high and punch mid and punch low I want to say and I would classify the A button as a jab and that's that's kind of your jab right that's your quick jab which is mostly useless (laughs) my opinion it's mostly it's a good setup punch I will say that it's a good setup punch as a combo Uh, and then your B button is kind of your straight punch right yeah yeah well Um, what would you call it yeah yeah that's like your your hook or whatever straight punch hook yeah your, your hook and I found myself using that a lot at first, um, and and then you kind of you're in a defensive position at all times, anyways, and you're either defending your body or you're defending your face, which makes sense in boxing, yeah. which you should be doing. Most most games I follow this do that the same thing as well. Right, and, and then the C button actually lets you crouch and go into a, a defensive uh, fetal position almost. <laughs> <laughs> This is the most strategic button because you can actually clinch the opponent by rushing into them. And it's funny because you don't really... The animation is kind of stiff in this game uh, in that when you crouch, you slide along the ground. (laughs) You literally slide. So you can actually crouch. And if your enemy is throwing too many punches, you can slide into him. The ref will call a break, <laughs> and it kind of resets the AI, or it makes him change his AI pattern. Otherwise, yeah, the first few times I was playing this, and what I remember from my childhood, it was just totally random punch fest. Yep. You know, it's like rock. There's no strategy like what you find in Punch Out. There's no rhythm to it. Your your enemy would set up like a quick combo, I guess. He'd do a quick combo, and then he'd keep repeating it, and then you'd maybe you'd counter um, and then you knock him into something. Now, did you, how long did it take you to realize that you could hit A and B together to do like a, a super punch? Wait, not too long because when I played Evander Holyfield and the world's greatest heavyweights or greatest heavyweights, there's a similar, the way you throw an uppercut's the same way as you do that punch. So I tried that a few times, um, but I didn't realize, yeah, I didn't realize how powerful do, it was. It's a lot slower. You could do up and you could do up and B to do an uppercut. Um, by itself, but then if you press A and B together, it's like a slow. You hook. do like a powerful yeah. hook, and then you can do a powerful upper cup, upper cup, upper cup. Yeah, and then you can do a powerful. Uh, I guess it's a right hook, right? No, that's an actual hook. I don't. I think the other one is like an overhead. Uh, yeah, punch. depending on how you hold a directional pad, one's a, like a left hook, one's kind of like. You mentioned it's kind of overhead, but kind of right hookish too as well. Yeah. yeah. 
that one kind of shows off the muscles. There you go. Yeah, gosh, the guy's got like <laughs> the muscle marks on the back. Muscles upon muscles. Yep. And it's funny, you know, these old boxing games, depending on what side of the uh, ring you're standing on, dictates uh, if you're a South Pole or a normal stance. <laughs> Absolutely right. It's kind of funny to me. Yep. Like, yeah, he's, he's boxing with his left hand an awful lot. <laughs> Very surprised. Um... Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think. Yeah, that's pretty much it as far as boxing moves. But there was also one thing I found out reading the manual was that if you knock out your opponent and they get back up within the same round, I think if you can land another um, one of your strong punches, because, you know, there's kind of the, the weak and the medium and the strong, kind of like a Street Fighter. Yeah. If you can land one of your strong punches, they should go right down again no matter how much life they have. Now, I haven't been able to perform that, but that's what the manual says. <laughs> you can do re- reversal. Yeah, and there's also like a little kind of evasive move you do if you hit like back-back real fast. It's almost like this little prance thing they do. <laughs> Jump a couple feet in the air and go backwards. Oh, it's a it's a reversal uppercut. That's what it was oh, called. The, yeah, what are you looking for there? Yep. Yeah, if, if you... Oh, yeah, the, the prancing in the air <laughs> thing. I've noticed that behavior too that's so weird. That um, So one thing you can do is... If you crouch into them and then you perform an uppercut, a lot of times they'll jump back. And then you can keep moving towards them. And then sometimes they'll get in a loop and they'll just jump back against the back rope. Uh, And you can create distance between yourself and they'll stop repeatedly punching you (laughs) and give you enough room. Now, there are some matches where no matter what you do, it feels like you're not going to get a KO. And those times I just clinch back up, throw a few punches, clinch some more until I run out the clock and I get to the end of three rounds. <laughs> and basically, <laughs> yeah, at that point I've won because the game tallies up your score versus the opponent's score and you get to see who won. Yep. And of course, you know, in the beginning of the game, you can pick how many rounds you want to fight. I usually just went with the default three. But, yeah, it's a little easier if you do the shorter rounds. Yeah, it's it's not too bad. Uh, I would not recommend playing 12-round <laughs> matches of this game. It would get very monotonous. This is definitely a pick-up-and-play, arcade yeah. uh rock'em, sock'em punching game. Yeah, and, I, and I know it was an early boxing game, so sometimes critics seem a little unfair, but... When you, yeah, when you, when you get more into cut this game sometimes. Yeah, when you get more into the other boxing games, there's career modes where you can build your boxer up from scratch and do workouts and get better uh, stats and abilities. And hey, such. at least this game had a two-player mode. Did Punch Out have that? It did not have that. <laughs> oh. So, given the perspective of the game, I can kind of see why it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I always kind of consider Punch Out like a puzzle game. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but it well, it really is. It really is a puzzle. Looks like an early rhythm game. Yep, yep, there you go. Which is not a problem. I really enjoyed that. So no, I I didn't have a problem with that at all. It's Punch Out is probably still my favorite boxing game in general. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, and Super Punch Out. I just yeah, every other game does it a little differently. Um, but yeah, this this is still uh, I still have a soft spot for this game. Still nostalgic, I still have a nostalgic bone in my body. Yeah, <laughs> that that's that's really all it is for me as well. It's really yeah. If you take away Spoilers. the nostalgia for this game, there's really not much left. It's a very bare bones game where 
they kind of did the minimal effort to match up with the arcade. But then the arcade game was meant to just suck your quarters, and they didn't really add a story to it. It was like, you beat a guy, all of the boxers are very similar. I think Buster Douglas might be a little more overpowered than the rest. I felt like Maybe. it, because every time I pick him, I went through the game faster. I don't know if that was just, yeah, just I, me or if it... It's weird to me. I, I don't know, because they don't give you any stats. They just give you height and weight. You don't really know. But I think you can go through the game with any character just fine. There's, what, five to choose from, I think? There's Dynamite Joe. There's, uh... Ah, who else is there? King Jason. There's the... Here, I got him here. We got... Fernando Gomez. Yeah, you got Buster Douglas. Uh, Kim Nang. King Jason, Kim Nang, Fernando Gomez, Dynamite Joe. Yep. They actually cut out some boxers. Yeah, because uh, you mentioned Detroit Kid on the final blow, yeah, but there, there was also uh, uh, the black... The Korean Comet. Oh, no, you know what? These are the, the alternate names. The only one they cut out was the Detroit Kid. The other ones, like, their nicknames are like... Kim Nang is the Korean Comet. King Jason is the Black King. Um, and the Invincible Black Panther, which I don't re- remember him being in the game either. Nah, nah. But I could be mistaken. <laughs> See, but I was kind of like you. I, I had a few little strategies to get me through some of the early rounds, but uh, I tend to just kind of, I don't know. Like I, I always like to kind of go, in most boxing games, start with a jab and then kind of work my way up. But the jabs, like you mentioned, are kind of useless in this game. I, I tended to do the same yeah. thing where I kind of ducked in, got close to the ropes, and I started throwing like big bombs and usually kind of helped me <laughs> win the match. Yeah, my strategy was, um, and part of this was trying to go, you know what, what am I doing wrong here? And so I watched the speedrunner play the game. <laughs> I was like, oh, you can um, see... So you can clinch or you can kind of back away and counter some. And then you just start trying to do your your final blow moves, your, your special attacks with the A and B button together. And you'll get an opening in there. And once you get an opening, oh, you, just you go can to town. <laughs> pretty much go to town. And it's, it is pretty satisfying being able to do like three of those special punches <laughs> in a row. Uh, that's probably the coolest part of the game is like when I did four uppercuts or three uppercuts in a row and just, you know, knocked them flat on their butt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there <laughs> But even the arcade game uh, did not have much to it. It really was just a, here's a quick game for you to play and, and, and run through. Um, even in terms of like being able to pick different fighters, you would kind of hope they'd have different fighting styles, but they really didn't. Yeah. In terms of an actual port, though, the Sega Genesis version is pretty solid, but um, I did a comparison, actually, or I, I watched a comparison video of the different versions of Final Blow that were ported uh, to home consoles and computers. And I would say, in terms of worst to best, Commodore 64 version is very lousy, followed by the Atari SE and then the Amiga version. And then the Sega Genesis version comes in second, but the FM Towns version of this game is the absolute absolute closest to the arcade game original. It even has the big thing missing from the Sega Genesis version is there's no samples. So the Sega Genesis version doesn't have the announcer and they don't have the introductions for each fighter 
when it's like in this quarter you've got so and so kind of like how you had in later Sega Genesis boxing games yeah <laughs> player one <That's... laughs> yeah player one it was just it was a quick and dirty port job is what I the kind of the vibe I get yeah. from this game it did the trick. I mean, as a kid, I just was all over this game. Oh, yeah. I got to play... Uh, I didn't get to play two-player mode this time, but I remember having fun with two-player yeah. mode. It's it's kind of shallow, though, where some of those games you'll pop in, you'll play it for a while, and you might play it two-player, but then you're like, oh, let's play something else. Well, someone on our page kind of kind of hit it right on the head. I, you do play two-player. It's like, I feel like you're playing Rock'em Sock'em Robots here. Just, let's see how fast I can hit this button and see who falls down first. <laughs> That's what it felt like. They actually... And there's a little bit more strategy. If, if you can counter, if you can find an opening and throw one of your slow as molasses <laughs> super punches, um, then that really does make all the difference because it can knock off like a third or half of a life bar, yeah, usually. Yeah, no kidding. When, once you land one, so, yeah. When, when, when yeah, you there's opening, some like strategy, but it really is a lot of rock and sock them. And there's the biggest problem I would say this game has is that there's no stamina meter, and there's no indication besides the life bar. Your your enemies can just take punch after punch. You know, I I've gotten to a match where I did 20 jabs to the face, <laughs> and it looked like it didn't face the guy. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. You know, he just, just kept coming. I swear that was a glitch one time because I was throwing the same punch. I knocked someone out with the round before and I hit him like 80 times with one punch and nothing happened. Yeah, and suddenly his life meter isn't going yeah. down. And I think it was kind of interesting that I think they programmed different enemies to have <laughs> different weaknesses, but they're kind of hard. I never relied on body blows, though. Yeah, I couldn't land any if I even tried. <laughs> I could never, I never did well with body blows. And so I usually ended up doing a lot of uppercuts. and Well, I did uppercuts sometimes, but I would do a lot of the, the overhead punches yeah, and the hooks. The uppercut was a, didn't have a lot of range. You'd have to do that against the ropes. Like I, I would like kind of just duck my way in and push the guy against the ropes and come up with a few uppercuts on the way out, <laughs> kind of dirty boxing style. Yeah, I would do the dirty boxing because you could kind of trick the AI. Yeah. And uh, if you could counter or if you could clinch then you would reset the ai basically <laughs> and stop him from doing his rapid fire combo rapid over fire. and over again yeah it's fun watching the demo because it looks like they're throwing punches faster than the speed of light it's like whoa it's crazy and then the referee in the background what do you think about that guy i i, I kind of wrote down a little note here he's no mario no mario but he looks like he should have been sonic the hedgehog his hands are like in this weird position where he looks like he's about to pounce on somebody <laughs> it's kind of funny <laughs> i don't know how to explain that he does he just kind of follows, kind of sidesteps across the ring. And he's just kind of in the way. I don't know. Looks like your Uncle Jimmy. I'm sure it was just more eye candy to say, hey, look at this huge sprite we have here. <laughs> Though, uh, if you looked at, like, the the background characters do not look so hot. No, no. There's one, no, one back here that looks no, like no. Mick They're Foley. kind of repeated. This is kind of a problem with a lot of 8-bit and 16-bit yeah. crowds. And I would love to do, like, a... A video comparison of the different crowds uh, in, in older video games that would be amazing because yeah there's one guy with like a Utah shirt so I'm guessing they're in Vegas <laughs> or nearby or they're in Utah I don't know his shirt just says Ta yeah T-A-H when I first saw it I'm like is that supposed to be saying Taita or something <laughs> I don't know but it's funny though because I was playing uh, Greatest Heavyweights it's, it's, it's real hilarious because I played 
Buster Douglas for a while, then I popped in Greatest Heavyweights and played it for hours. I did the same thing. But when, I when you hit pause on Greatest Heavyweights, the crowd still moves and the boxers don't. <laughs> At least the box. Okay, so let's talk about what happens when you pause this game. Yeah, I was going to say, when you pause this game, no one's moving. No one's moving, yeah. but there's a music track that's it's oh, a yeah. short loop, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's actually... Pretty decent yeah. music. Uh, I don't think... I think the... The conversion of the soundtrack could have been a little better, but there's just really not much music to this yeah. game. Even in the arcade game, I think there should have been music during the boxing match. That, I think that would have been made it a little more exciting. And the listeners have probably heard that loop about 50 times already in, in the podcast when I put it behind the <laughs> So you guys know what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> But uh, yeah, see, we're fortunate. We're just recording the show now, and so we don't have to hear it. That's right. Yeah, when you when you hit pause too, the uh, again the referee looks like he's going to pounce somebody, or he's he's riding one of those stand up uh, jet skis. You know, what I'm talking about like Wave Race '64 style. He's got his hands up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sega's Wave Race. He'll be one of the special characters. Absolutely. <laughs> he has a huge nose too. He should have gotten his own game. He should have. The ref- referee's getting no respect. No, no respect. Remember when you can knock out the referee? <laughs> like Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah, and you knock him out. You knock him out enough times, and he leaves the match. <laughs> that was the best. I'm done. <laughs> Jeez. And they all kind of look like one. One more comment about the uh, just the way they're standing. They all kind of look like they have a hunchback. I mean, I, I know they're they're ducking. Yeah, yeah. One, one of the first rules in fighting is always the you know duck your chin. Or, you know, keep your chin low and. Make sure you're not exposing it, but <laughs> their backs are like so hunchbacks. It's funny. Oh, I know. They do look kind of like hunchbacks. And what I think is funny is, you know, there's sprite hack, I guess you'd say. You notice if you beat the game with Buster Douglas, his the skin tone of his head totally does not match his body. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. That is hilarious. Yeah, and I kind of wrote down a little thing, like whenever you win a match and you kind of get that little cutscene with the you know, everyone kind of picking him up and holding his hand up, it kind of reminded me of like the little jingle music played behind it. It reminded me of playing like Tecmo Super Bowl or something when you score a touchdown. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Just had that little feel to it. Yeah, though I, I think this game could have done well with animated cutscenes. That would have been cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, did we talk about our scores? No, but this is a perfect time. We haven't done this in a while. This is a uh, Genesis Gems high score contest. The Genesis Gems high score challenge. I got some segment music I haven't played there for a long time with some Golden Axe themes. (laughs) It's the, uh, if you remember the uh, in between stages in Golden Axe where the uh, little gnomes come out under by the fire. (laughs) I haven't played that in a while, but that's the music you probably just heard, listeners. (laughs) But uh, I'll go first. I I did one playthrough. So, wait, wait, what are our parameters? We have to define the parameters. That's what, three rounds on normal? Yeah, default. Three rounds. Normal difficulty. Normal difficulty. And I had 3,219,360. <laughs> so 3.2 oh, million. Oh, that's why he didn't want to tell me. Yeah, I didn't want you to. I had uh, 2,158,360, so you're obviously the winner. Well, and, and to, we probably should talk about the parameters here, too. If you if you lose and continue, your score stays, and it keeps accumulating. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that or not. I thought I was just getting more points. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it accumulates. So like that was actually that three million I put up there was actually from two continues, and then I couldn't beat the guy, so I just quit and wrote the score down. <laughs> uh, no wonder. Yeah, but I was at the I was at the final guy, the Lifter Libre boxer guy. So mask muscle. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I finally did beat... I, I remember beating this game as a kid, but only on easy. And then I beat the game just now before we recorded the show um, by cheesing the opponent and clinching and then uh, <laughs> changing his AI behavior and then uh, throwing in a few final blows. And uh, Final blow? Yeah. See what you did there? So, uh, okay, tell me this. Last guy, did you knock him out or did you win by technical? I didn't beat it this time around, so... Need, oh, need you know what? Above. Then your high score is invalid. Void. And that wasn't I a parameter, win. though, was it? <laughs> yes, the parameter was you have to beat the, have game. To beat the game. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it should have been a parameter. It probably should have been. No continues <laughs> should have been another one. Because you could probably continue like 20. I don't know. I don't know if you ran out of continues or not. You probably... Yeah, my well, my score was based off of not continuing. So, oh, okay. But that's okay. Okay. You, you kind of beat me because we didn't set that parameter. All right. So, yeah. Fair enough. Well, if that's all we got for that, listeners, if you want to challenge our scores, you're more than welcome to. Yeah, your your reward reward will be bragging rights. Wow, neither of us can talk right reward. now. Reward. <laughs> all right, Raggy. Well, I don't know if you're finished with uh, chatting on this one, but my uh, timeline here says we're supposed to go to retrofitted achievements. <laughs> Whoa. Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Retrofitted achievements. <laughs> The Channel 16's Retro-Extended Achievements. So, I've only got two. I didn't come up with a lot this time. I've got three. Oh, man. What? Because, you know. and I, I can knock you out in three. And, and the more I look at mine, I'm like, I really have to explain these, so they're probably not going to be very funny. <laughs> um, my first one is called, Look What I Can Do! And that's performing one of those back jumps. Kind of reminds you of Stuart from Mad TV. <laughs> remember the? Do you remember that guy from Mad TV? <laughs> Look what I can do. Yes. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I was picturing when I saw that. Oh. Okay. My first one is stick a fork in your kid. You're done. <laughs> and that's a uh, perform a reversal uppercut, which I have yet to do. Nice. Gotta get that achievement, man. That's right. So this one, this is kind of stupid. I almost didn't decide to do this. So whenever you're, well, I'll, I'll preface this. There's a movie called Meet the Robinsons for Disney that this quote was from that reminded me of when you throw an uppercut. Anyways, there's a T-Rex in, this, in the movie. It says, I have a big head and little arms. I'm just not sure how well this plan was thought through. And that's, <laughs> and that's throwing one of those little uppercuts because... It's really hard to hit someone with that uppercut. And in that movie, it shows the T-Rex, like, his head's hitting a building and he's trying to grab someone underneath his head. And his arms are so little he can't do anything with it. So, anyways, that was stupid. But it reminded me of that movie that my kids like. Oh, nice. <laughs> so the only other clean boxing joke I could find, because <laughs> um, I'm sure you looked up the same jokes and you saw, yeah, those jokes aren't clean. There's some pretty uh, filthy boxing um, jokes on the site I usually go to. Tawdry. Uh, so this one was, hey, Nick, does a match box? <laughs> no, but a tin can. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're probably on the same website. I love the next one. <laughs> Why do boxers have TGIF written on their boxing shoes? <laughs> Toes go in first. Toes go in first. There you go. <laughs> that was a good one. 
Uh, I did kind of like the the Mike Tyson one. Uh, oh, but yeah, yeah. Irre- <laughs> like, irresistible. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's what he told his girlfriend or something ridiculous like that. Anyways, here's my second achievement. You're a punk, and that's uh, get knocked out in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are those all your achievements? Uh, no, I had one more, which is kind of a similar one. I just realized. Oh, you told me three. It, yeah. It's I'm a. Sorry. It's one. It's a reference. My second joke was obvious. My second achievement was um, reference. It's like I'm ignoring you, Aaron. I'm sorry. <laughs> you said you had. Three. You know what? It's okay. <laughs> uh, I ignore you most of the podcast and talk over you, so it's part of the course. Uh, is there someone here? <laughs> hello. Okay. Hello. I just hear the echo of my own voice right now. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. So, my final achievement, the final blow of this podcast, yes. is You've Been X-Punked, which is a reference to, I think, the first episode of The Office, actually, American version. And as you recall, that's when uh, Pam gets fake fired. <laughs> yes. Yeah, You've Been X-Punked. <laughs> So that's uh, the achievement is cheese the opponent by constantly clinching and then win the round by doing a few super punches. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you can totally cheese the fight that way. It's great. That's awesome. I didn't quite cheese it as well as you did, but I found some little cheap ways. You can constantly clinch. It's hilarious. (laughs) You can just kind of duck into him and then break. And then what's funny, too, is if you back up enough, the game's like, fight! Hurry up! Fight! <laughs> but the game doesn't actually do it anything. You can run out the clock. You don't get a penalty or anything. Well, that's not fair. No. <laughs> but there's life isn't fair. That's right. Life isn't fair. All right. And there's no crying in baseball. That's right. League of Their Own. Good movie. Go watch it. Tom Hanks. You know what else isn't fair? Probably the ranking on this game. <laughs> is, yeah. Is this? Oh, is Buster Douglas a gem? Let's ask that question. Is this game a Genesis gem? Is it good or is it garbage? Well, uh, the critical reception thinks not. Uh, on Moby Rank, nope. critical reception came in at a 53 out of 100 on the critic score. Uh, one of the no- notable reviews, which is a real cool publication uh, in the early 90s called Raze. I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh, they released it in the UK. Um, this was the little write-up they had on it. Uh, With just four opponents, your route to becoming world champ isn't exactly a long one. Considering the capacity of the Mega Drive cards and the simple construction of a boxing game, you would have expected ten varying opponents at the very least. For £35, <laughs> you'd expect a few weeks of entertainment, but all you get here is a couple of hours. The two-player mode will undoubtedly increase the card's life, but even then, players will get bored with the repetitive and thoughtless nature of the game. A great disappointment. Wow. A great disappointment. That was tough. So our listeners, so we did publish this question uh, on our group page at facebook.com slash group slash... Yeah, just a gym, sorry. You guys know where it's at. Um, and we asked, hey, you guys think this is a gym, or is it good, or is it just garbage? And we'll start with Mr. Evan Nixon. And he says, my prayers have been answered. Love you all. <laughs> That's always it. Uh, Trevor Franklin says, I've not played it, but I love how Sega shamelessly used celebrities to sell their games. I've never retro bliss seen such retro bliss shamelessness. Retro bliss. <laughs> know what I mean? Retro bliss. 
<laughs> so Retro Blist, right? Go check that out. Good. They just did an episode about uh, Ah Real yeah, Monsters. Yeah, on the Sega. So. Yep. You know what? Don't go check. Just listen to our show yeah. and ignore those guys. Yeah, no, who cares about those guys? Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Go check them out. Uh, Draylon Russell says, I had this game, and now that I'm older, I feel like this is a jab. No pun intended. At Nintendo for having Mike Tyson as the face of their boxing game, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, being that Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson. Nevertheless, I feel like this game was just good. There are so many other better boxing games on the Genesis to call this one a gem. And then Evan Nixon comes back and says, this game is in the good category for me. It's literally boxing meets Rock'em Sock'em Robots. This game shines best in the two-player category. Talking smack to your friends and setting the fight with this pickup makes the game even better and actually quite exciting. But your thumbs will quickly fatigue like you wouldn't believe. My poor thumbs were sore for 15 minutes after my girlfriend and I had turned it off. I wasn't even I was even sweating a bit. This game had much more potential than was given in the final product. A more in-depth career mode and also a mode where you can challenge belts and multiplayer could have possibly put this in the gym category for me. On a side note, the fight where Buster beat Tyson in 1990 is a phenomenally inspiring story that perfectly supports the never give up philosophy, which just adds to the charm of this game to me. That's pretty cool. Then he posted the gif of Tyson getting uh, knocked out. (laughs) Uh, Andrew Coed says, well, I think Evan just about nailed it. Very shallow gameplay, very limited number of boxers. Really only fun if you play it two-player. That said, I do have a soft spot in my heart for this one. I remember thinking how amazing and realistic the mus- <laughs> musculator... I don't know how to say that word. Musculator. <laughs> musculator. Yeah, musculator, close to the elevator. was <laughs> on the boxers at the time. Musculator. <laughs> yeah, see you later. Uh, seems kind of laughable now. Objectively, probably belongs in the garbage category, but for truly sentimental reasons, I will say good. Chris Vanderhoff says, if it can knock out the two dudes, Jim. <laughs> Giles Lee Brown says, garbage. Timmy Mack says, I remember having a lot of fun with two-player, but overall I'd say it's just good. Uh, Brian Jellison says, good. I always had fun playing this game. It is a very simple slash basic game, but good. And the last one comes from Chris Alame, uh, Alamo, Alamo. Sorry if I mispronounced your name, Chris. Let us know if we did. Uh, I wish there was something between good and garbage, because that's what this game is. I think we call it, wasn't it Good Bitch? You can say that. We're probably not going to publish that, but you can call it Good Bitch if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> so, for me, um, oh, this was tough. Because of the nostalgia, I really, really, really wanted to call this game good. Um, we should just bottle that up and just call it Nostalgia by Genesis. Nostalgic, Friends. yeah, that's going to be the next one. <laughs> but I can't, because the more I played this game, the more just bored I got and the more I realize I probably won't play it again. I'm going to keep the cart because it is a sentimental nostalgia thing, but I can't even call this game good. I really feel like it's garbage. Um, oh. Just the hit detection isn't there. Uh, there's a lot of worthless punches in it. I can't really get a good strategy. Um, I did play with my kids. It wasn't that much fun. It, I think it was just real fun when I was when I was a kid because I hadn't seen graphics like this at that point. Huge, huge you know, characters in it, huge muscles, things like that. But it just doesn't hold up at all for me. Uh, I, I love boxing games. I play a lot of them. Uh, and like I mentioned in the show, I actually turned this off. I put in Greatest Heavyweights, played a little bit of Evander Holyfield 2, and just played those games for hours. Because now that I've played this again, I, I needed a good boxing game. So, so sorry, guys. If you did like this, uh, i got to call it garbage from my side. And then I... Considering there's still a lot of horrible, horrible fighting games that we have to cover on this show. <laughs> like Rise of the Robots. Spoiler. So good. <laughs> um, power moves. 
there's an, another horrible Sage's Creations, I think, boxing or martial arts game that's just no good. There's Beast Wrestler. <laughs> um, you got them all yeah, <laughs> this game is at least competent. Um, and so for me, that means it goes in the good category. <laughs> Because I think there's games far more deserving of the garbage title. Uh, maybe it's just nostalgia talking, but when I was playing it today, I still had fun with it. Um, it was still fun to kind of... And it's kind of like going back and playing a game that you know was not never that great or even that good. Um, but you still remember liking the story behind it and liking um, maybe the connection oh, I get to be like this cool boxer who knocked out Mike Tyson, you know? So maybe I don't have the strongest argument for this game. It, it does have shallow boxers with not much difference between them other than very screwy AI. And there is kind of a difficulty ramp, but it's really weird. And it's there's not too much strategy other than, like I said, cheesing the AI and, and figuring out how to exploit it, which is kind of fun in itself um, and I do like the high score aspect two player mode there is a spectator mode which is completely useless because who wants to watch bad AI box each other uh, but I think in terms of uh, an arcade port it got the job done um, Very, it's serviceable and uh, you just have to think the source material wasn't all that great to begin with right so, I mean, Punch-Out! was kind of a port of an arcade game, but it was completely reworked. I think what Sega should have done was completely reworked this game. But they were obviously in a mad dash to get this game out before Buster Douglas was no longer the heavyweight champion yeah. of the world. And, and kudos to Sega, because it worked, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it worked. It sold a bunch of uh, Sega Genesis. <laughs> So uh, I put it in the good category. Where does that put the game? It's just good. I think the music was decent, but I don't think it was the best conversion. But overall, I still have fun with the game. You can still revisit it from time to time, even though there's better boxing games yeah. in the system. Well, and, and because you said good and uh, the majority of the fans, I kind of did a quick tally. Uh, definitely go on the good side. It definitely uh, rules me out, and we will lay the gavel down and call this game just good. But that's okay because we can definitely... We don't have to put it high up in the good. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Well, you know, look... It's not going to go over like, uh, you know, Chester Cheetah, but... No, I'm just kidding. Well, no, see, I, Let I, me see. I, I uh, call Chester Cheetah garbage, and Rob, Rob disagreed with me. <laughs> I would put it somewhere... I even call Jurassic Park garbage. Then, oh, man. Yeah, um, I would put this... It's definitely not better. Put it above Bubsy. It, Bubsy's ranked number 50. Yeah, it would have to be... Uh, crap, you say that. That uh, means I haven't updated the list yet. <laughs> no, I don't think it's as good as Bubsy. Nah, I think it goes right below well, Is it better than Chester Cheetah? Yeah. <laughs> Just barely? Just barely. Okay. I think it's better than Chester Cheetah, without a doubt. Okay, so it's better than Crystal's... Okay, so the last good game we have is Crystal's Ponytail. So it's better than Crystal's Ponytail, which is kind of a stretch. <laughs> It was better than Chester Cheetah, too cool to fool, Fold but me. not as good as Bubsy. Yep, I agree with that. So now, and 
I apologize, listeners. You probably haven't gotten the... I forgot to update the webpage last time. So what we're looking at now is uh, Jurassic Park is number 50. Uh, Bubsy's number 51. And James Buster Douglas Knockout Boxing will be the new number 52. Leaving Chester Cheetah at 53. Crystal's Ponytail at 54. Last Battle at 55. And so on. So, and how did we do an episode on Barney again? How did on, how did that happen? Barney? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I told you I was trying to get more things in the garbage category. So, yeah, you know what? Got a few of them in there. <laughs> yeah. Last oh, Last Action Hero, okay. Happy Nova, Slaughter Sport. There were over 600 games released on the Sega Genesis. I'm sure we can scrape the bottom of the barrel. I'm just scared that we'll we'll cover all the good ones and scrape the bottom of the barrel for like the last. Oh, years. <laughs> you won't. If that ever happens, then what you do is. You move on to European and Japanese titles. Or just just change the name of the podcast to Sega Gems and start playing other yeah, consoles. Yeah, Sega Gems, and then we'll just start covering... We did that for like uh, two months. <laughs> yeah! Wait, was there a game covered that was not Sega Genesis? No, well, we changed the name of the show in the beginning to Sega Gems, but it didn't stick. <laughs> That's great. Well, it just does not roll off, roll off the tongue. Nah, nah. So, yeah. Sega Sapphires. Sapphires. <laughs> So, uh, That's it, guys. We're the Sega Sapphires. Sapphires, the diamonds in the rough. That'd have to be a golf game, though, in the rough. That's right. <laughs> so, guys, keep listening in. We're going to have we have two upcoming episodes. One's a Patreon exclusive. Uh, haven't announced this yet, but we will be covering Shinobi on the Game Gear. That was a suggestion from one of our patrons. So, big thanks for that. And then such a cool game. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. That's a that's a hard. It's a fun game to memorize all where all the enemies are. It's definitely not your. It's not as fast-paced as what we'll talk about that later. Not a port, either. Exactly. Original. Love it. Uh, and then uh, our next game on this feed, on this show, is actually going to be a uh, it's a pick from one of our patrons who's going to be on the show with us, who will be Andrew Coed. And he decided he wanted to play Moonwalker, which we thought would be a great Halloween-type episode, so we'll be releasing that in a few weeks as well. So Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, one of the, one of the games that kind of... When I always thought Sega Genesis, there's a list of games, you know, 10 games I always thought Jimmy. about. Yeah. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so that was definitely Boom. one of them. Yeah, I love it. Boom, 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 boom. Smooth criminal. So yeah, guys, check us out on the web at genesisgenspodcast.com. All of our links are there that we mentioned earlier in the show. Really appreciate all the feedback, all the interaction. We think that's great. We love every bit of it. And uh, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash genesisgems. $1 a month gets you all these great episodes we've released already. I think we've already released seven. So you'll be able to hear us seven more times. Uh, there's actually an episode on there where I wasn't even on. So it was a real cool episode with uh, Aaron and Landon talking about Snatcher. So some cool stuff out there. Sega CD, Saturn, Game Gear, all that kind of good stuff. So go check us out, patreon.com slash genesisgems. Give us at least a dollar. And there's other tiers that you can check out. $3 will get you the episodes and a... Uh, greeting from uh, the Hawkster himself, Landon. And then there's other tiers where Aaron writes you a song. You get monthly uh, gems, uh, gear, and stuff like that. So go check that out. And uh, and uh, for those of you who had the write you a song tier, please give me suggestions. I, I would love if you have a specific style of song you would like me to write. <laughs> uh, the weirder, the better. No, just whatever you like. If you're nostalgic for a certain style, um, remember, nostalgic by Genesis Jack. <laughs> the scent of winners. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, make sure you go check out Retro Obscura. I will be putting the latest episode they released on the show notes. So you can go check that out. I haven't listened to it all yet, but I'm excited to dig in some more. It's always good to hear Aaron and Dan talk. And uh, hopefully we get to hear from Paul and uh, 
Oh my gosh, what I just Adam. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Yeah, Paul Adam, Adam in the future. Uh, should be coming back pretty soon. Good deal. Love, love, love those episodes. So make sure you go support those guys and check them out. Retro Obscuro. Put the uh, links on here as well. And then uh, FM Rangers. Um, we'll have a link to that as well. Absolutely. And uh, but I don't know when you're going to finish editing this episode, but we're dropping the song, doing a wide release this Thursday. So depending on when you're listening, I think we'll have a link to that. Absolutely. We'll do all we can. Hopefully I'll get it done by this weekend, so we'll have some time to do that. Mach 5 Fusion Force X is the name of the song. <laughs> I love it. So great. Sounds like the newest Razor from Gillette. But, uh... That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that. I was like, wait a minute. Yes, it does. <laughs> I just heard the mock part. They have kind of <laughs> series with the mock word in it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much. Really appreciate all the support. I love doing these. And every time you all give us a message, email, things like that, it keeps us going. Every time I get one, I usually send it out to the guys. Uh, you know, we, we still have some hosts who are invited every time. They sometimes don't show up. <laughs> but I like giving them out to there. Some of the flagship guys like Rob and Landon and Josh who have been part of the show before. Uh, definitely uh, keep bothering them to make sure they come back. Maybe you can get them in better than I can uh, to have them show up. We really, uh, Landon was really trying hard to get on this one. Uh, he just had some uh, scheduling conflicts. So. Uh, big shout out to Landon. Uh, he's always trying to get on here with us. So. Anyways, Aaron, you don't have anything else. Yeah, that's that's about it for me. That's all he had to say about that. <laughs> well, guys, we will catch you all later. Thank you, guys. like to give a big thank you to the following patrons chris vanderhoff jared adams daniel tolan andrew coed tyler j stephen gogditch chris fox brody pedal otto gregerson jim jones jim matt daly classic gaming quarterly timothy mcgowan cutta nz17 brett hill ross beck alex bastian nocera alex ray jason wilson bradley smith trevor franklin andy layton john grayson Joshua Witt, Landon Long, and Michael.